Welcome to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I'm Dustin P. I'm Genius McGee. And on this episode, we talk Season 9, Episode 13 of AMC's The Walking Dead. Entitled Choke Point. And this is actually going to be our second take on this episode. <laughs> We're because back again. <laughs> apparently, we didn't appease the podcast gods with the previous one. Swear to God. Swear to God. We recorded, we recorded it. it. We recorded I, it. I had a good it, time. I uploaded everything, and somehow it truncated at 22 minutes. So. And you, and listeners, Lance, you know we don't talk about anything for just 22 minutes. Exactly. So, so I apologize to our listener. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> whoever whoever that might be, which one of our friends decides to listen to our ramblings. You're a rock star. Sorry about the delay. Exactly. <laughs> so what we're going to go ahead and do is jump into the episode. It is a little bit late, but we'll we at least get you a recap. Better late than never. That's very true. So, Genius and I talked off air on Sunday, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about how we were going to handle this episode, and it really revolves around two parts. We have the kingdom portion, which is, you know, Carol, Ezekiel, Jerry, Diane, and the fair, mm-hmm. and we'll even throw Tara and her little group in there. Right. And then we also have the Daryl Whisperers part. Yes. So, for the sake of brevity and also spoilers, we do dive directly into the episode. So, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Genius, what was your take on this episode? I enjoyed it. I almost liked it better the second time, though. You know? Like, I got beefs. I Of course, I got beefs. But overall, I thought it was a decent episode. Okay. It was, more, it was beyond serviceable. Yeah. I mean, I actually am going to go a little bit on the polar spectrum, mm-hmm. um, the polar opposite spectrum from you, and I'm going to say I really like this episode. Yeah. So I think, you know, when we break it down in our scores, I think we're going to be reflecting a little bit differently than what we would, um, what we would normally, rather. Yeah. But um, let's just go ahead and jump into it. So which of the two parts would you like to talk about first? Uh, <clears throat> let's do the whispers. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is the whispers and Daryl. <coughs> Um, and fucking Henry. Fucking Henry, Connie, and Lydia. So what we initially see is that they're, they're you know, running rescuing, for their lives. Yeah, rescuing Henry and Lydia from the Whisperers group. Mm-hmm. And we see that Daryl has is, is used the, the incognito, you know, redneck uh, camouflage. Me. Right. So, you know, come with me if you want to live <laughs> on nuts, berries, and squirrel guts. Right. <laughs> so. And dog. They're out in the woods and they're trying to find, uh, you know, some type of refuge because the whispers are after them. You know, mm-hmm. they do this nice little thing where they get the whispers to to get attacked, you know, and uh, by all the the guardians as they call them previously on right. The Walking Dead. So when everything kind of breaks out, we find out that one of the actual the one of the whispers was bitten, mm-hmm. and what's really like chilling and almost kind of cool about the way the whispers handle everything is you see that. You know, this this guy is, you know, he, he's going to die. Yeah. You know, it just ran. Let's just say he got random bit. whisperer number right, one. Right. He, he was bitten by one of the guardians. And Beta is almost like a little bit emotional about it. It is. But it's also like they have this weird dichotomy of honoring the dead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very you much will, so you like will a still, code. You will still walk with us, brother. You know, and just like, I mean, it was he, Hulk Hogan. Oh, brother, brother. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. When you get bit, you become a whisperer. No, um, no, it's it's kind of actually it's it's cool. I mean, they have this they they honor and tribute the dead. Where it's like in normal communities, if somebody gets bit, they're like, okay, I'm ready, shank right in the mm-hmm. head, and it's done with. But it's like you will still walk with us and be one of us, and like the change is happening, and it's like I will be, a, I'm gonna be a walker. It's awesome. It's so fucking random, but it's actually pretty cool. It's like. It's their own, like, moral code. Yeah, and when you see 
you know, the, you see this change happening to people. You know, Beta even kind of goes like old timey speak. You know, he goes, find his wife. The change is upon him. Right. He's gone through menopause. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I, I've the been change. a change. I was pretty excited when Ryan Hurst was, was announced as Beta at the beginning of season nine. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing the role so far of what we get for him. You know. Pretty damn good. He's menacing. He's just he's, an imposing He's menacing, but he's dude. really quiet. Yeah. I mean, I mean, granted, he's got a few lines kind of sprinkled here and there. But, you know, Alpha is the mouthpiece of the Whisperers. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Right every, answer! Right. But everything that, that, you know, Alpha says, Beta doesn't. I mean, he's the enforcer. Mm-hmm. So, what I really like about, you know, when Beta actually does talk, it has weight to it. It's got, yeah. a, like, a, a certain gravity. Right. You like, know, so... He, he only says five words, so the one of those words comes out, you better listen. And one so. of those hurt, and the one of those words are hamburger. Yes, yes. <laughs> but even before we got to the part, the very first fucking thing we see is them, uh, Henry and Daryl and Connie and Doc. As fast as they can, holding on to one another's hand. But they're running through the like forest grotto thing, and what's the first thing that happens? Fucking Henry falls down. God damn it! I. And like even we saw it the second time, you didn't time it or nothing, but it just like he's like oof, and I'm like oh god damn it, god damn it, Henry, fucking Henry, son of a bitch. And then they're like, no, let's go this way, no, let's go this way. And then Connie's like, we're going this way. And Daryl's like, nope. But then they go with Connie anyway. And even Dog got in the thing. He's like, no, I'm going with them. I'm like. That's got to be cold-blooded to be outnumbered by your own dog. Yeah, exactly. Man's best friend. Just My like, ass, Sorry, right? dog. I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we, we see that Connie actually is, I guess, has a little bit of forethought into where she's going. Yeah. You know, because they don't want to lead the Whisperers back to the hilltop because they know they just can't defend it at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they make this plan to just kind of go off and... and I, I would say probably pull the whispers away from right. the, the settlements as much as possible. So they actually go to this gigantic high rise, this, you know, for lack of a better term, like a like a hojo Par- apartment. Complex, yeah, apartment yeah. complex that they've been remodeling. But little do we know that, you know, previously um, Connie's group, you know, Magna and Yumiko and Luke, they they've all shacked up there before. Mm-hmm. So we, we see that, you know, Daryl goes in and. He wants to use the staircases as choke points, which is really super smart because when they get into the building, the staircases have all been, or the stairwells have all been barricaded. And, you know, Connie even points that out to him. You know, this is a choke point because zombies don't climb stairs. Right. Zombie don't like stairs. <laughs> Zombie stairmaster. The whole entire plan was a good plan. Yeah. I mean, it was smart, it was thought out. And, if you have a bunch of clowns after you, what's the best way to do it is pick them off one by one where exactly. they can't get to you. Exactly. It's a, It was a very extremely well played. And even if it wasn't, I mean, the play was smart from the, going to the high-rise standpoint. Mm-hmm. But even, even beyond that, the fact that it was a previously used uh, staircase and they have... Um, a stash there. A stash of weapons and, and well, I don't know about weapons, but maybe some like water. I mean, water, they, they, food, some granola bar, something. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hidden we, we know they at least have water because you know Connie gives Daryl one and a map, and he even says, you know, hey, this is smart. You you've been here before, you yeah. Know, stashing some goods and good on Daryl for being like, yeah, okay, cool. Because the whole time he's been like, it's my way or the highway. Yeah, then- you know, I'm not a big fan. I think we've talked about this in previous seasons of our show. I'm not a big fan of Grumparitas. Right, but uh, he's slowly starting to warm up to Connie, and I kind of like the little dynamic, you know, dynamic duo they've mm-hmm. got between them. He's a piss poor leader, but he's a good um, manager, and he's a good listener. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, when, when he when, he actually takes people's you know ideas and and things into consideration. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, he sometimes just goes off and does his own little shit. You know, right. at the beginning of this season, after after the Rick Exodus, we know that he was kind of out on his own. You know, on walkabout, mm-hmm. did you do? But looking for Rick too. Yeah, exactly. I he mean, was, that's he was trying to find yeah. his, his buddy. Yeah, you know, at least at least his body to give him a proper like sentence. right, right. Which so, is yeah, he's a, he's at least faithful to his friends, right. But so then, all of a sudden, like, here comes the whisper. Well, no, even before that, even before that, we missed a whole bunch of part. We missed, like, Cockblock Aretas. So, like, <laughs> they're over there talking about it. And um, I really like this. I really like what Connie said, wrote, because, like, it kind of rung true. Because I was like, man, fucking leave her here. Leave right, Lydia leave there. Lydia. And then, because you're right, if we take them to one of our uh, settlements, the whispers will come and there will be, there will be conflict and there will be people who die. And like, like all our friends are going to get in harm's way if we do that. But then she goes, at least we have friends because she said it herself. Lydia was like, I can't go with you guys because I'll put you in danger if I go to another community. And I can't go back. And I can't go back because I'm already a traitor. Right, because she refused to kill Henry. Right, and so like, yes, there's she has nowhere else to go but to stay with them. And I liked the fact that she's like, yeah, okay, you're right. I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. And then finally, I'm glad that she is still, goddamn it, Henry. You know, but going back to what the Henry thing, <laughs> I liked that Daryl was like. I guess acquiesced to be like, all right, fine. She yeah, can we've stay got for now. Right. You know, and we'll take care of it once we get rid of like these whispers because here they come, right? But the whole time they're sitting there, and Henry's like, uh, I, I whittled this stick for you. It's, yeah, it's a closet rod. Come the, on now. The, you didn't do anything special. The, the tip, I made it myself. Like, uh huh. Stop trying to pass off just the tip, Henry. Come on now. And so, like. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> Writing the edited notes five minutes in. Uh, but like, <laughs> and so she's like, so you're going to use that to kill my people with? Uh-huh. And that made it extremely uncomfortable. Awkward. He's like, oh, oh, I, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know, Lydia's still conflicted because, I mean, those, of course. Are, those are her people. It's her you mom. Know, those, those are the people that, that have protected her for so long mm-hmm. and, and she, that she's grown up around. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when we first get introduced to Alpha, I mean, Lydia's, what, probably six, seven, yeah. maybe? Yeah. You know, so now we get the, the time jump. And, I mean, she's in her mid-teens, mm-hmm. you know, possibly late teens. And no matter how much a child wants to rebel against whatever their parents want them it's to It's still do, their parent. It's still the parent, and it's still your people. And so, yeah, even though they will kill her if she goes back, mm-hmm. and, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, she's off. Even if it's not by Alpha's hands it's going to be by somebody's. By somebody's. Because, right. like she said, She's a traitor. you made my mom look weak. And that is something yep. she cannot abide. And she will follow you to the ends of the earth. And, you know, now that you say that, I, I know that we didn't pick up on it the first time we recorded. But that's that's pretty interesting that you say that. Because when Lydia does tell Henry that, you know, hey, you made my mother look weak. The only way that, you know, Alpha could reassert her dominance would be to kill Lydia. Yeah. You know, and, would, and would Henry. show how strong of, mm-hmm. of a person that she could be, you know, to make that type of decision. And, you know, she would, too. Oh, she's, yeah. She'll let a baby oh, yeah. get eaten. So she's got no qualms about it. Yeah. But so then they baby have. Buffet. Mm, baby buffet. Baby buffet. But, uh, <laughs> no. But then all of a sudden, like, there's this heartfelt moment and stuff. And then, like, they lean in, like, why'd you come back to me? Because hmm? I care about you. And then they, like, 
are about to kiss. And here's the thing. It's so creepy. It was creepy the second oh, time. Oh, yeah, because you got creepy cre- the second yeah, time. Yeah, because you got creepy Rita's. He's watching the whole thing. He's like, he's pulling a Eugene. Mm-hmm. He's oh, like, yeah. You're going to kiss. You know, but like, and he stops him right before. It's like, dude, either like let him kiss or like, you know, go away. What the hell are you doing here? Don't like right when they're about to stop. After you've been watching for like three minutes, you know, you hey, man. fucking creep. So <laughs> they they ain't got the picture shows in the in the zombie apocalypse. Actually, they do, and we'll find out <laughs> that later. But uh, no, and so then they're like, okay, let's go set up a plan. And then finally, like, okay, here comes the walkers. But that was the most awkward lookout ever, because like they just got busted trying to make out, and they're sitting there on the deck, like, uh, hey, hey, you like stuff? Yeah. I like stuff. <laughs> it reminded me of like a like a middle school or early high school dance. Yeah. Where you have the boys on one side, the girls on the other side, and nobody really wants mm-hmm. to make the make the middle. And I understand right. It's and like I the under- DMZ. And I, <laughs> and I understand you want to be looking out and you can't be like fucking playing tonsil hockey while you got people trying to kill you if you're supposed to be on the lookout. But you can say like yeah, so uh, shall we continue this later? Or, you know, something to make it a little... Cause they're, Ooh, Rico Suave. Because they're, so, they're just like... And I understand they're kids, but God damn it. You know what I'm saying? Fucking that's Henry. An, that's another reason for fucking Henry. Fucking exactly. Henry. Fucking Henry. So, you know, and it was a pretty good plan by what Connie had, you know. Super uh, good. Make, make the actual whispers walk the stairs, you know, because the guardians couldn't do it, mm-hmm. you know, and they only have two ways in, you know, one way in, one way out, two ways in, two ways out. So, I mean, it, it, it forces them to in a choke point. Here's my question, and it's something that I didn't, I, I kind of noticed it, but I didn't bring it up on the earlier recording, but I want to bring it up on this one. Wouldn't the walkers know that the whispers were the whispers as soon as they started climbing? I up? was wondering that same thing. I I thought at you know the part where they start to hurdle like the desks and the chairs and everything. I thought that the you know the actual walkers would notice something One amiss. Of them like, yeah, you know, because there's not any Hulk walkers. Well, even if you notice when when they first come into the doors of like the condominium or whatever it is. The the guy the we'll just call him blue shirt whisperer. Right. He like shambles in like a like a zombie would and he runs into the thing, but then he like 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 flips it over, flips the table over like like a normal human would. That would be a total red flag for the But you know, maybe the zombies don't have that kind of recognition. True, but at the same time, okay, so three or four whispers were climbing up the ladder or climbing up the barricade. Right. You had like six total, I believe. You had two yeah. that went with Beta and then two that went with the Rastafarian and, and Whisperer. And then two went on one side and one went on the yeah. other, or whatever, however it is. But did you notice when after like Alpha finally get or Beta finally gets up the stairs, all the other walkers were like extremely agitated? Because when they first walked in, they're like kind of looking down and being all walkery and shit. But when they noticed that they were walking up the other stairs, like Rrr! so there's so here's my question: If they're gonna be all like Rrr! when like they finally see him, wouldn't they be all like Rrr! while they were climbing up the stairs? You never know, man. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they weren't paying attention. What They're like Twinkies. Arr! They're a climbing guy. Get him. You know, I think at least one of them would get like their ass 
eaten up somehow, and or maybe I, I, grabbed. Literally, their you know, ass. Some, some, some moment of peril, you know, right, right? As they're hurtling all these desks and everything, because there was like a whole, but there's like a fucking cavalcade. Yeah. So it's like, no, I'm, I'm with you. And that now that we talk about that, I mean that that is kind of it's peculiar. It's, it's extremely like I didn't I noticed it and it kind of aggravated me, but not to the point where I was like, that's some horse shit. But on this re-recording, this some horse shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, come on now, man. If you're gonna play by your own rules, play by your rules. Well, and you know, before that part even happens, the the group that Beta brings in of the Whispers, you know, they say, you know, the Guardians can't climb over that. And, well, we and, Be- and Beta makes makes the point to say, you know, they're That's not meant to. It's a trap. Mm-hmm. You know, they know we're coming. But rewind just a couple moments before that. You know, the the, the shiny and chrome. Are you all right with me, Eternal and Valhalla? I you love know, that. The, the, guy that, the guy that Beta has the moment with, talking about his wife, you know, finding her before the change happens, right. is the guy that Daryl shoots in the head with the pew, arrow. Just pew. And I put, um... Oh, where did I put it? I said, uh, die, new zombie. Right. <laughs> so as if Beta doesn't need to be pissed off anymore, you just killed his, like, I guess his newly turned brother. His new guardian. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's like, damn. Because even, you know, when, when the when the zombies get dispatched or the guardians get dispatched or whatever, you know, whispers don't really pay too, mu- too much attention. No. But there's a long beat where Beta looks down at the guy when he's got the arrow sticking it's through like, his head. He's like, the fuck? You know? <laughs> and then he looks Definitely, you dookie, dookie. Exactly. So, then, so you know, you know that Beta has it in for Daryl now, no oh, matter yeah. what. Oh yeah, I think Daryl, especially after after what's going on, what's happening. Spoilers, especially after the elevator shaft. Fucking Daryl's made an enemy for life. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm telling you right now, dude. You push me out of this chair. I'm. A, we're gonna have some beef. You push me down the elevator. Uh, we, we gonna have some Kobe beef. Exactly. This is gonna be the whole fucking cow. You know. So when the whispers finally get upon the group, you know they've got three and three. Three go up one elevator, or three go up one stairwell. Three go up the other with Beta. Mm-hmm. And you know they're. They're kind of going through and whatnot. Henry knocks out one. He's such a fucking dork. Gets stabbed by through the leg by one of them. And such a dork. But honestly, man, Connie is Connie's, Connie's a warrior. The fucking MVP of this episode. She's fucking Annie Oakley with that slingshot. Pew pew. Because one, like fucking so. But I gotta give Henry his dues. He knocked the shit out of that woman. Yeah, he did. He knocked the shit out of her. Just right in the stomach and fucking right in the head. It's a good thing she wasn't pregnant. So like. Because if the ba- they don't keep the baby quiet, the That's dead true. will. But anywho, so like, and so then all of a sudden somebody sees him. And so he, the other whisper starts chasing behind him. And Connie just peeps out of the shadows like fucking Snoop Dogg. Scavenger. And just like puts a marble in his brain. I okay. like that a lot. Man, it was it's just crazy because you know you Connie is is proving herself to be not only heroic. I mean, she was the one that rescued the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of those things that scored on the Rita scale. You know, oh, that yeah. automatically gets you check mark in the in the heroic column. Mm-hmm. But now she's you know a, a very viable warrior and a, a vital part of this community. Now. Exactly, she's a badass. She's brave, and she's smart. Uh, I mean, that's the reason why Daryl was attracted to Carol. So, oh, we're gonna get a little Connie Daryl action. I think that'd be cool. I'm, I was, I was kind of not against it because I was like, eh, that'd be too like cliche. But like, mm-hmm. they work well together. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and we talked about you know, despite the communication, uh, you know, difficulties they have between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's gonna be a cool little dynamic. She can hold her own with him. 
Mm -hmm. which not a lot of people can do. Very true. And she can actually, on a lot of things, calm him down and make him see things. That and a lot the of other times she do. just leaves and he has to follow. Right. You know, so. <laughs> right. And I, I, I hearken back to we're going to the other side really quick. But like when um, Kelly is nervous mm. about what's going on with Ke- uh, with uh, Connie and oh, I keep wanting Yumiko. to call him Yumiko. I, I keep wanting to call, call him Madam Chow. Chow. Yep. Yeah. So Baron Chow is like, well, Tara was like. Don't worry about her. She's got Daryl. And then it was funny that Baron Chow comes up. Don't worry about Daryl. He's got Connie, mm-hmm. which I think is more apt. Right. Because if it would if it would have been Daryl Reedus's plan, they would have been long gone. But the fact that it was Connie who's like, let's go up in the let's go up in there, choke them out, and then take them one by one. Come up, scavengerize them. We're good. Mm-hmm. She to me is the MVP of this episode. Oh, in yeah. this vignette, I should say. And, and the way they dispatch the whispers is, you know, one at a time. You know, pretty slow and silent, and whatnot. And Daryl has honestly one of the best kills. He's I got mean, the greatest he, kills. He's in got, this well, one. I take that back. He's got two of the best kills because he actually gets behind one of the whispers and completely like. You know, like, does a just a vicious throat Col- slice. Colombian like necktie. Yeah, he, like, holds the guy's head back mm-hmm. while he's bleeding out. You know, slices one guy's throat, and then the other guy is, like, they've, they've got this uh, this plastic wrap, of a, you know, kind of doing, like, construction work, and you can see through it and whatnot. Daryl waits on this other whisper to tr- start to pull it down and buries a fire axe in his stomach. It was a great kill because then you just see blood squirt. But here's another question I have, okay? Uh-huh. Wouldn't it? Make more sense the ones they dispatch him to quickly double tap him. I would exactly because I mean, if you I don't, would. if you don't, you're gonna have walkers up in there right where you're at. The last thing you need when you're fighting some big giant ass lummox is a walker, <laughs> is a walker coming up behind you and catching the upper hand. You know, I mean, like when he slit that dude's throat, he could have easily went stick. Now Connie, Connie shot people in the head, so she yeah, didn't I mean, have she to worry that about one dude that. in the back of the dome with a rock or whatever, right. a marble, whatever, Something. whatever she was shooting. Something, so she should put him up. Right. And the other one, Henry didn't kill him because he made a promise to Lydia not to kill people, which bit him in the ass, bit him in the leg, bit him in the leg. But you think about it. I mean, Morgan also had that same type of moral conundrum, too, yeah. before he left for Fear of the Walking Dead. No, I, mean, I understand. You know, this side for the living, this side for the dead kind of deal. And, so. in, and in fairness, you know, if you're trying to get you some strange, the last thing you want to do is kill their family. Yeah, very true. Very I mean, true. that that kind of puts a damper on the the bedtime shenanigans. Yep, but very, very much does. His uh, humanity, I guess, could say, for lack of a better term, his teen hormones got him a fucking um, what was it like a knife in the leg, or he got stabbed? Uh, I think he, got, he got speared. He got yeah, he yeah, got yeah. speared in the leg. Was it with the one that he tried to give uh, uh, her? I, I'd have to go back and take a look, but I I hope so because that's exactly. ironic justice. Yes. Ah. Maybe you shouldn't have sharpened that end, Henry. Right? Uh huh. Should just May- left maybe the tip where it was. Yeah. Maybe you. Maybe you'd still have a good leg. Fucking <laughs> around, so. hobbling like fucking horse pinker. Like. <laughs> and now the 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 big fight sequence we see is between Beta and Daryl. You know, and I liked it. I did too because it, it shows just how physical Beta can be, but it also shows how smart Daryl can be. Yeah. You know, Daryl knows that he's not going to be able to you know duke it out with this guy because mm-hmm. he's just such a massive individual. He tried because Daryl put his whole like hillbilly stance with he's got two knives and they're and they're two like Bowie knives. Hillbilly fisticuffs. <laughs> hillbilly stabbery. But like 
Beta one-ups him by pulling out these fucking crocodile Dundee yeah. fucking like, like machetes. A, like a skinning knife. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was massive. They were huge and like That's spikes no all over. <laughs> this is a knife. This is two knives. I've seen I've you seen play knife you spit me before. So... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, and they've got this like intricate ballet of knifery going yeah. on. And, you know, what what ends up, you know, coming up to, to, to hoist his own patad. Right. A little switchblade just stabs Beta in the upper <laughs> chest and gets away. But you know what? <laughs> Beta kicked the shit out of Daryl. They kicked he put, him through two walls. Right. Threw him up against like four more. Now you got beef with the walls. Yeah, you know, I'm a contractor, man. So I've got to have beef with the way they do this <laughs> stuff. I'm like, really? You're, you're not even going to like put studs, like breakaway studs there? There's just a big ass <laughs> hole in the sheetrock. That would not pass building code. Oh, yeah. Oh no! Right. Your job site is shut down. <laughs> but in fairness, you would. The Kool Aid Man is the building inspector. Right. You wouldn't have Beta's Kool Aid Man routine twice. His two Kool Aid Man. And, and it was awesome. I mean, yeah. I understand why they did it. It's just like goofy little stuff like that is just one of those things where I'm just Save like, Save me, Wamba! Did somebody just, forget to put the studs right. in that wall? Come on now. <laughs> So we see that, you know, Daryl's getting the shit kicked out of him. <coughs> Stabs Beta. Beta's, you know, obviously distressed because he just got stabbed in the chest with a switchblade. Oh, we missed a part. Before we got to that, Daryl shoves Lydia and Dog in the oh, uh, in, closet. Yeah, in the electrician's closet. Right. And I wrote down, he's got a good point. If you're not going to kill people, how are you going to help us? Right. Yeah. But and then but it turns out she did because dog actually it was dog. Yeah, it was dog. It was dog. Yeah, it was. Let's give credit where credit's due. She found a crowbar. Uh, crowbar, pried open the door, and like and she goes, I'm so sorry, Henry. I'm the one that told you not to kill and he goes, oh, it's okay as he hobbles along. So Lydia is exactly the person who let the dogs out. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> so, I wouldn't give you a regular boo, but the boo, 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 boo actually elevated it to make me laugh. So, bravo, bravo. But in in the fight sequence we see with, you know, Daryl and Beta after, you know, Lydia gets gets out of the closet and, you know, dog attacks the, the whisperer that was still alive. <laughs> I mean, you know, Daryl is using his surroundings because he knows he can't beat Beta no. in a fist fight. No. And, you know, back earlier He's in the episode, monster. he says, you know, is Beta their best? Because yeah. Lydia says, Alpha won't send an army. She'll just send Beta. Mm-hmm. And, and Daryl makes the comment, you know, is Beta their best? And she goes, well, yeah. He goes, good. We'll kill him first. Good fucking luck. Yeah. He's so, a monster. Daryl actually hides where Connie had the stash, the stash of water and, and, and sundries. Yes. I, I've got to find a way to put that word in everything I use now. Sundries. <laughs> Old timey speak. Let's right. go to the haberdasher. I was going to say, are they going to stop at the haberdasher? Maybe like. Maybe so, go to a box social afterwards. <laughs> so, you know, Daryl is hiding under the, the piece of plywood there in the floor. And Beta's looking for him. He goes, your world is already dead. It means nothing to me. And then Daryl just like Terry Tate office linebacker, you know, hits Beta and knocks him down the elevator shaft. Shenanigans. Exactly. Shenanigans. We, I know. When we first recorded this episode Sunday, you were like, ah, maybe he could live through it. That motherfucker fell like, he fell like 50 fucking like, feet. Yeah, exactly. That dude would be dead. I don't care. I, dude, I don't I'll, care how big. Because you know he didn't just fall. He was like, bing, 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 bing. He you pinballed heard, down he the elevator shaft. Because yeah. you heard him pinball it. So, like, and he gets up with just a headache. Fuck you. Dude, he would have been like, Ow. Somebody needs some CBD oil. Something, something. And very convenient that the bottom door was open yeah. just enough. 
just, 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 just a crack. Just a crack. So we, we know that Beta is alive. He's pissed, you know, Raw. because. Enemy for life, dude. Uh, apparently, Beta has never been beaten before or been bested because, you know, with him being the second in command or the, you know, the enforcer of the Whispers, I don't think that he no. would probably have been, you no. know, bested. He's probably never been bested in his entire life, even as a kid. Yeah. You know, he was probably a bully. <laughs> <laughs> nice bike. Give me a bike, nerd. Taking little kids' staffs away and shit. So that's pretty much where we end off with the Connie, Daryl, and Beta point of it. Dude, it was totally like, he looked up like, I'll get you next time. Do you think? No, this is not going to be a Negan or Rick part. Okay, no, okay, okay. I mean, okay. We, we've had so much beef with the Negan and Rick. I'll get you next time, Rick Grimes. You, you dirty boob. But you blundering imbecile. <laughs> you know, we, we've had huge issues with the way that the Negan and Rick, like, back and forth went mm-hmm. on for too damn long. Mm-hmm. They're not going to drag the Daryl and Beta part out. I hope not. But I'm also glad that there's actually a villain that has Norman Reedus, I wouldn't say running scared, but no. He's, he's got him concerned. He's got him concerned, and he's going to make him have to think. Because while he's not as good as Tracker as Daryl, he's probably right behind him. Yeah. You know? He's he's way more ruthless than Daryl because his moral compass is all fucked up. And he's such an intimidating and imposing physical feature that Daryl's going to have to rely on his smarts, which is not necessarily Daryl's strong suit. That's very true. Which is Daryl's been very emotional and, and impulsive when he makes decisions. Which is another reason why I like that Connie's got on his side because yeah. she's extremely smart she's quick she's fast and she's brave yeah she's like a centering force for him you know? she's gonna be the one i think that like makes it possible to deliver the final blow to beta so connie's gonna be the person that delivers the proverbial banana in the tailpipe not not to the entire whispers no but to be- to to the beta versus daryl thing she's gonna be the upper hand for daryl okay. and she's gonna be the one that like Maybe I don't and know. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, Conjectureville. I'd, I'd, I'd be completely okay marble with to it. the knee. He's down. She finally get. You know, he finally stabs him in the head. If that happens, if that's the way it plays out, I'm gonna say fucking claimed. Like, so, like, like straight up like Avengers, like superhero <laughs> double team kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah, that's exactly, cool. exactly. Cool. She's his rocket. He's Thor. All right, rabbit. Right. <laughs> so. Now what we need to jump into is we need to jump into the kingdom portion, which was... I love this. Well, I got beef. Okay. With the, with, with the cast of Hee Haw. <laughs> okay. So to set, every, you know, to, set, <laughs> to set the scene up, we've got, you know, Carol and Ezekiel, they're preparing for the fair. Yeah. You know, we pull back and we see the, the, the kingdom... And we get this nice paper mache Shiva sitting on top of one of the buildings. Yeah, and the whole kingdom looked great. I knew you were going to work that joke in again. Because it worked last time and it gave you fucking a groan. So, <laughs> but the kingdom looked really good. It really did, man. Because everybody's, you know, very much anticipating this fair happening. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the king even mentions, you know... We are in dire straits. We need this. We need this to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he draws up the charter. Uh, or he, you know, captures the charter. He has the the display box for the charter. He wants all of the communities to sign on to this new charter when they come to the fair. 
And lo and behold, we find out from Connie and Diane, not Connie, I'm sorry, Jerry and Diane, mm-hmm. that they were jumped when they were on the road, when they were out just clearing walkers for the other envoys to come in. Because Jerry looks so forlorn and for sad. And like, but well, he, they took his, they took his he's sword. Like, they took my sword, man. And I'm his so armor. Sorry. He goes, I'm so sorry they heard about it. Then it's my fault. No, it really wasn't his fault. I mean, they're, they've been patrolling the highways. They're going to know. Right. But then it was funny because he was like, what do you say? Like, well, let's go find out. And the king's like, to battle! Right, <laughs> he is all about ready to go fuck some people up. Well, and we've even mentioned this in you know previous episodes. We see a, a shift between Carol and Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. They're almost role reversing at yeah, this point. Exactly. Because Carol was always that person to be like, "No, I'm just gonna go fuck them up." To battle. Exactly. Yeah. She was always the one to blow the horn and, mm-hmm. and just go out and you know blow up Terminus. And the king you know? was always like, "Let's find another diplomatic." Exactly. Way. And yet I smile. And he right. was always that optimist. Right. But now all of a sudden he just wants to fuck shit up. He's starting to become a pessimist because he just is is tired of getting beaten down by the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and he even says, you know, violence is the only currency that this world acknowledges. Yeah. And Carol has to stop him. Mm-hmm. You know, no. We're going to be, you know, diplomats. We're going to figure this out. Let's try a different way. Yeah. And and I I think that was necessary not only for Carol to know that it's not just about doom and gloom and kicking mm-hmm. people's asses, but also for the king to know that, hey, your message, your your infectious optimism is now rubbing off. And you saying that violence is the only way is not you. And I understand that you're downtrodden because it just seems like all we're doing is fighting, fighting, right, fighting, right. fighting, fighting. Exactly. But there has to be another way. And it was... A good thing for Carol to be the one to do that. Yeah, because they do a really good job of being able to check each other. Mm-hmm. You know, when things go wrong on either side, the other person is able to to sit there and be their confidant mm-hmm. and, and be able to bring them up, which is nice to see. Because for so long, I mean, after Shiva died, we saw Ezekiel pretty much withdrawn. Whether that was because of the showrunners had written his part that way, or we were led to believe that. I mean, we didn't see Ezekiel for a, a long a time, long after, time. Shiva, after Shiva got killed. Yeah, until everybody was kidnapped. And and Carol was very much the same way. I mean, she physically pulled herself away from Alexandria to live in that little hut, mm-hmm. you know, on the outskirts of town. And it's also good to see, like, the king really wanting to listen to what Carol says, because she is smart. Because even she, he said, what say you, my queen? You know? And, and like, he says it multiple times multiple, to multiple throughout people. Throughout the episode. Yeah, right, he said, right. you know, the king and queen rule together. Exactly. You know, so he's not just buying into this, this like, despot kind of, you know, authoritarian, authoritative, mm-hmm. you know, autocracy. Right. You know, where it's just him making the decisions and, and nobody else has any input. Yeah. I mean, he, he confides in Jerry. He confides in Diane. Um, definitely, definitely confides, confides in, in Carol. Carol. Yeah, so I mean, he's taking all these people into into consideration before mm-hmm. he's making these decisions, which is smart. Which what good rulers should do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's that's what kind of sets us up for the the introduction of this new quote bad guys you know scenario with the high women. You know, they send this letter back with Jerry. And at first, they think it's like a splinter group of the saviors that were, you know, that kind of exiled out of the sanctuary and everything mm-hmm. that happened. But then, you know, Carol and, and Ezekiel even joke, no, it's too well-worded. It's it's too grammatically correct to be a savior. And saviors wouldn't write a letter. They, saviors would they just wouldn't, fuck us they up. They wouldn't keep Jerry alive and Diane. Right. They would have killed him. At they least They would have one. killed one, yeah, and sent the other one back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. So they, they know that, you know, this group is definitely not 
necessarily you know the 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 plunderers they're they're definitely pirates and they definitely want things but they don't want blood and i think that's another reason why that's a uh it was good for them to choose diplomacy yeah as opposed to and you know and we even talked about it too you know the hobo glyph yeah you know the little the little upside down v with the line across it Mm -hmm. you know we could have we conjectured once that was possibly the whispers or whatnot but no we find out it's the actual highwayman's glyph the hobo glyph i thought it was a uh, decapitated dude Kind of like you know the the House Bolton, yeah, the flayed man, the flayed yeah. man. <laughs> so do you, do you love me, King? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me Owen Rayon's gonna be on this show. Be awesome. Rickety cricket comes out like you wanna get weird with the walkers. <laughs> <laughs> so we we see that the introduction to the highwaymen, you know, is Carol, Ezekiel, Jerry, and Diane, you know, kind of scouting out their outpost, and they say, oh, they've got guns. And Diane makes the thing, you know, why don't we just go kill him? You know, like old times. And Carol kind of gives her a look, but, you know, that's when Ezekiel goes into the the, the speech about, you know, how violence, violence is violence the, violence is the only, only thing that currency in this world, mm-hmm. and it's, it's getting really dismayed. So, I mean, do you think they could have taken him? Of course. Don't of even course. need to ask that question. Fucking Carol could have took him alone. But it was creepy when you saw the when you go into the highwaymen inner sanctum and they have all that that whole weird tourist trap fucking yeah. mannequins everywhere and they just kind of creep what, what did out you of the say? Yuck Connors. Yeah, Yuck Connors. And I'm like, oh, there's a big mannequin. That must Andy's be the leader. Kind of swaying, right? So, so why would that mannequin be wearing that cowboy hat? Because <laughs> right? there's like all these cardboard cutouts and mannequins and shit, which I think actually was a pretty cool. Would if it wasn't they were going up against Carol in the kingdom, it would have been a good intimidating factor and a good plan. But the fact is, they have Diane on point. They have and Carol's seen some shit. And Carol has seen some definite shit. She's seen more shit than a you want than, the shit. She's seen more shit than a cheap plumber. So like that's very true. <laughs> and you know, and before they even get in there, they they ask you know what what happens if this diplomacy doesn't work because you know the king doesn't have anything to give them carol understands that and she says you know maybe we can talk with them maybe we can figure something out and if we don't we'll fuck them up yeah and she even goes well and if diplomacy doesn't work we'll just kill them and she says it so matter of factly Mm -hmm. it's like you know that little bitty spark of carol is still in there it's kicking yeah it's like i want to kill somebody screw somebody up it's been 365 days since my last killing and then she's ready to turn that chip in like (laughs) <laughs> and, and we see the high women are, are, are very, you know, braggadocious and everything when they're speaking to the king. It's and our road. Yeah, it's our road. You're going to pay we've been us. here six years. Where the hell have you yeah, been? Yeah, exactly. How are you just not going to come up and say it's our roads? Go Listen here, Hillbilly Jim. Right? Fucking Jim so, Ross comes and, and, out. And we see that, you know, all of the high women kind of like weave themselves in and out of the, the mannequins to show themselves. And, you know, many of them are shooting muskets. So... I'm kind of conjecturing that maybe they were like a Civil War reenactment. I mean, they had to have been. I mean, where the hell are you going to find a musket? I mean, seriously. <laughs> fucking, fucking pulling out. Like, I mean, you can't buy a musket at Cabela's, can you? I mean, yeah, like, they shoot one line and like, hold on, hold on. And they're fucking putting in. The like, second the, line moves up with bayonets. <laughs> they're yeah. putting in like the fucking powder. Jamming it down and shit. All right, pop. But no. And, and just, to, just to show <laughs> like a, a sign of force. When the highwayman steps up, like the lead guy, we'll call him 
what did you call him? Brocephus? Yeah, Brocephus. <laughs> Brocephus steps up to start talking to Carol. He's all, you know, cocky and he's like, no, you're going to give us everything. Diane pulls back and shoots the mannequin through the skull that's literally right beside him. And he's like, oh shit, okay, hold on. Well, because even then he goes, we just want to talk to the king. And they go, well, the king and the queen make the deals. And right. like, well, we didn't, this wasn't part of the deal. And Carol's like, we did not have a deal. Exactly. We came to you're, talk you're, about the deal. You're lucky I've left you alive this exactly. long. Exactly. Could, she could have just thrown a grenade in there and been like okay bye and then just walked away <laughs> kaboom but like yeah no they're lucky she's not cersei lannister with the kingdom you know what i'm saying she's not choosing violence <laughs> exactly carol definitely can choose violence at any point she they are incredibly lucky so you know when the highwaymen kind of make their demands and they're 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 super cocky when they're talking to ezekiel and carol the the plan is kind of sprung in that they had you know, you see all the highwaymen kind of, you know, give the looks, the, <laughs> yeah, whatever. We got the upper uh-huh. hand. And then all of a sudden, like, the, the kingdom's, you know, warriors. Ninja warriors. Exactly. They all sneak up on them and pull <laughs> knives on them. Right? And just, like, in the back, like, shut up. Don't say nothing. Right? Shh, shh, shh. Go to sleep. And then, like, what do you want? Well, we want you, we, we want the roads. And, we, and they're like, you yeah. have clean water and you have food. And they're like, we need this. We don't have really enough to spare. That's why we're doing this trade thing. Right. And the first bargaining chip that Ezekiel brings out is the ferry. He goes, what good is the things that you steal if you have no one to trade them with for what you need? Exactly. And the guy goes, well, whatever. I mean, we're not coming to the fair. Yeah. And, and the ultimate bargaining ploy, and I mean, you even made mention of it, was when Carol just kind of walks up and she goes, when was the last time you guys saw a movie? I loved her face. Oh, yeah. Her dude. face was great because, you know, there's this cold-blooded killer, but yet this is the woman that still makes cookies. Dude, you know? and, and I, I know we've said this since, like, season six, season five. Dude, Melissa McBride is an incredible actress. She's fantastic. Uh, she is awesome in, in this show. And, I mean, it, I I hope nothing but the best for her career going forward because, I mean, dude, if, if, Car- if her playing Carol is any, I you know, just – small minutia of how great of an actress she is. I mean, dude, she's going to get roles after roles after oh, yeah. roles. She's fantastic. But I love to, like, how long has it been since you've seen a movie? Exactly. And it was so, like, in the face. Cause she pure does, like, the- innocence. <laughs> just, like, jovial. Like You don't know me. And then later on, I'll take you guys to go get pizza. You like pizza? Right? She and- was totally playing up, like, the soccer mom. Right? But then they're like... For real? You guys got a movie? You know, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. at first I was, at, and for a little bit I was like, man, that's some bullshit. They got everybody kind of not dead to rights, but enough where there could be a Mexican standoff and they wouldn't go off for like a fucking movie. But then I started thinking about it like, no, it probably would have been at that's- least... 10 years since anybody's seen a movie on the big screen. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about six years since the Rick departure, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of like, you know, the storyline. And then you're talking about probably, yeah, exactly, probably 10 years or more. And they're like, okay, so we'll give you access to the fair. Uh huh. And you can come and trade with us, but we want you and see the movie, but we want you to protect the roads for us, which I thought was very, very smart and very, very clever. Yep. Because what better way to, to um, diffuse the situation is to turning an enemy into a company. To a partner, yeah, or an and, employee. And, you know, the king even says, "You know, we have a job for you." Yeah, and they're called the highwayman. Of course, they go up and down the highway. So why? That's like the perfect job. That's like if they called me, like, "We want you to be a refrigerator guard," and I'm like, "I can do that, right?" <laughs> so, <Bing>! like, <laughs> I'm your man. But like, no, super smart, very, very uh, good plan of theirs. And then apparently, it works like gangbusters right out the gate. Yeah, because now going. Back to the beginning of the episode, um, we see uh, the new group led by Tara, 
which she is growing on me yeah. more and more and more. I mean, I know that we had huge issues with Tara Reedus back in the day. But she's smart now. Yeah, she she's actually taken a lot of um a lot of Maggie's like willpower, mm-hmm. you know, since her departure and I know that she had a lot of dealings with Jesus, so I think she took a lot of his temperament. Yeah. And she's kind of molded them into her own because she's becoming a really, really good leader. And the fact of the matter is she's had to step up really fucking quick. Oh, yeah, because Jesus was just killed, like, what, four episodes ago? Right. And then, like, there's all this crazy shit going on. They're trying to go to the fair. There's a whole new group of people trying to kill him. They don't know where Henry is at. Uh, Connie has run off. So she's got a lot of weight on her shoulders. But to be so, so insightful and yet, like, okay, we need to do this and still carry on being a leader is like major kudos to Tara. Yeah, and she's able to think analytically under fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we see that, you know, when they come across this like blockade, it's a burned out car and, you know, they conjecture, hey, that maybe this tree was knocked over in the storm. Well, Alden, an old Navy model guy, is supposed to be coming from the other way to get to the kingdom for this. I guess the envoys are supposed to meet up somewhere right. along the way. So they have to start clearing the road. And that's what you made mention, you know, when when uh, Kelly comes up to Tara and says, you know, I'm really worried about Connie. Right. And that's when Yumiko says, you don't, know, don't worry about Connie. Don't worry about Connie. Yeah. You know, don't worry about Daryl. He's got Connie. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where that line comes from. But we, we see that, you know, Earl and um, Brett Butler's character are, are taking care of this infant. Yeah, and they're like, well, once we get once we get to the carnival, we're going to get rid of this infant because they don't need no old farts like us, right? Right. And I was like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Either you're not going to make it to the carnival or you're not going to give up the baby. Exactly. One of the two. And then sure enough, here comes like... <laughs> Here comes the walkers, and and they're like, oh, no, walkers, let's go get them. And the shot of Magma, Kelly. Magna. Magna. Magma. (laughs) Liquid hot magma. She's pretty hot. But, like, (sighs) Magna, uh, Kelly, um, Marin Chow, and um, Tara. Tara. And then the red shirt. The red shirt. Uh, the red shirt teens. teens. Yep. But the before we get to the red shirt teens, the, just those four, the main four that we really kind of really only care about, mm-hmm. walking up, being ready to fuck some shit up, was badass looking. And then we go to the red shirt teens, and they're like doing flips and shit, and like, like killing zombies and walkers. And then actually, so I am calling shenanigans too when um oh Earl. Is trying to hitch the horses, uh-huh. and one walker kind of gets the jump on him, uh-huh. and like tackles him down to the ground. I thought I thought he got bit. I did too initially. Yeah, I, I thought he got bit on like the arm or something. And meanwhile, so he's about to get he's about to get chomped on. Brett Butler's trying to freak out because he's holding this baby while her care of her little like wagon is being surrounded. Yeah, her smithy wagon. Her smithy wagon with rebar. Smart was is uh, like getting surrounded by walkers. So what does she do? She fucking MKs the baby. Yeah, she puts the baby in the trunk. And for people that may not may not follow the rest of the uh, the the stories that we cover, if you listen to the show and you listen to our Into the Badlands thing, you know exactly what we're talking about when exactly. I say MK it. They put the baby in a goddamn chest, like a like a like a blanket chest that you would put at the foot of a bed. But smart, because then walkers. But can't at get least to it had air holes. Yeah, <laughs> very true. See, the baby's a walker, blue baby walker. But we're keeping this baby. But <laughs> and and she goes out and she saves Earl. Yes. He could have, I think he could have overpowered, but. Well, it's like I said, man, the the thing that, all right, he's got age working against him. I mean, he is, True. he is an elder gentleman. He's an elder statesman. But, I mean, we're talking about zombies that are at least 10 years old, if, well, possibly 10 years old. Yeah. I mean, since the outbreak. 
but up to at if least you can't fight off a, one an emaciated zombie one one emaciated zombie half your size exactly i i you should probably just get eaten <laughs> you're no good to me dead right so but yeah I, I, that's what i'm calling shenanigans on but you know but it added tension yeah it added story it added drama so i can't i mean like I have to suspend disbelief. And it's a nice connection between the two of those characters because when they lost their son because of, you know, quote, what they blamed Maggie for. Gregory shenanigans. Right. Which they blamed Maggie for. They have they have a reason to come back together, and it's this baby. That's the reason why when, you know, they they get to the they finally get to the kingdom, they, they talk about, you know, let's find a good home for this kid. And Brett Butler goes, no, we're not. Uh, this this baby is our this, baby. This we're is not our family. Yeah, especially after you just fought Walkers for the baby, it's going to be yours. I mean, also possessions nine tenth of the law. So, but again, again, back to what I was saying. I'm glad that you can make. What's a better way to defuse the situation by making an enemy a, a partner mm-hmm. and give him a job? Yep. Because when we first are introduced to Earl and Brett Butler, they were kind of not villains, but you could see why they were angry. Right. And you could see why they were hateful. But at the same time, I was like, you're going to be on the wrong side of history. I'm glad finally, like after six years, they finally decided to wake the F up. He's a smith. He's mm-hmm. a super viable member of the community. And so is she. I mean, he's the one that's training Henry. Yeah. And so is she. People come to Brett Butler and they're like, hey, it's you as opposed to like fucking traitor. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, I'm glad they did that, and I'm glad now, and I hope we see more of them because I kind of like them and the fact that they kind of, like, you have these two older people trying to keep a baby safe. Right. A baby that was abandoned in a cornfield. Yep. So. And when they finally do get to the kingdom, you know, they, they come up and, you know, Tara is con- you know, having having a very touching moment with, with Carol, and, you know, they, they talk about, you know, where's Henry? You know, where's Daryl? Yeah. I mean, they were, I thought they were supposed to already be here. And, you know, Kelly's still freaking out about Connie because she doesn't know where she's at and whatnot. So that pretty much ends our episode right there in the kingdom where we pretty much started the episode. And that kind of full circle. And it kind of ends the episode. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. It was a weird ending. I mean, so do I, you have anything else that you want to cover that we didn't necessarily talk about? The only thing that I can think of that we didn't really touch on is when the conversation was had with the highwayman. And it's always a moment of levity when you deal with Jerry. You know, the, the king is, well, is telling him. The, 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 the king is telling him, you know, the demands and, you know, when's, when's you know, you need to do this for us. And the highwaymen are kind of scoffing it off. And the king goes to the high, uh, to bro Cephas. He says, and Jerry would very much like his sword back. Right. Oh, okay. So we didn't even say how the highwayman came into play. We came back, but we never come. So anyway, so Brett Butler's getting, uh, getting her like hack, and, cap- slash hack and slash on the red shirt teens. I thought that one of the red shirt teens ate it. I kind of wanted him to eat it because nah, they can't kill off the red shirt team just then. Yeah, they they'd have to spend too much camera time on them. Fucking get along, gang. Right? Fucking, I'm like, oh, there's the red shirt teens, but like, but then here comes like all of a sudden things look dire. Not really. They kind of right. had everything under control in a right. roundabout way, but then all of a sudden, right here comes the highway. Yeah, man. here comes Bro Cephas and right? the highwayman. <laughs> and the arms of the ranger. Right? And they're coming down. Wow, the- nice Walker, Texas Ranger. Because <laughs> they're coming down the highway. 
know they all got hats and shit. They look like a like a late nineties uh, a late nineties new country album. Yeah, it, all they it looks to, like the cover of an Oak Ridge Boys album. All they needed to have was coming down the Grand Canyon with purple clouds in the back, and you would have got it right. Because they're full on on their horses with the hats and wearing black. And the stuff. new CD from the Highwaymen, Thunder Rolls. Who are you guys? We're the Highwaymen, and we're your escorts to the fair. Fuck you. And Terry even goes, kind of looks Looking at him like, like, the fuck? What? What? Are we, what? what? Okay. okay. Well, I wouldn't trust him. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, they did just help him dispatch a couple walkers. True, so, I mean, but like also there's other people trying to kill but him. But they know about the fair, so. That's true. That's so true. when they finally get back to the kingdom, you know, Brocephus walks by Jerry and they kind of have this like animosity <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> But then you know a couple a couple seconds go by and he's walking by and he goes howdy ma'am ma'am and like does the little tips the hat I'm like okay Brocephus you've earned some you've earned some street you've you've earned some brownie points Brocephus but don't fucking wear out your welcome you know what I'm saying I mean like. We don't need too many more communities being added because we don't even still know what the fuck's going on with Oceanside and um, Oceanside. Yeah. I was going to say the trash people, but we know what happened to the trash people. <laughs> so <laughs> it has been zero days since that accident. Slurry. But <laughs> so with that being said, like we do on all episodes, we do rank the episodes from one to ten, ten being the highest genius. What say you on this episode? I really like this episode, but it wasn't great. Okay. You know, I, I thought you it. said it was great. I said the kingdom looked great. It wasn't like it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't great, but it was better than a filler episode. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm going to go a little bit low on this one, but just because I kind of wanted more. I'm glad with what we got, but it was kind of like drinking a light beer. Tastes you got, great and it's less filling. Right. You got your you got your beer fix if you just wanted a beer, but then you're like, eh, I kind of want more beer. You know? And like, <laughs> I, I should have got a Budweiser. I don't feel Light. satisfied, you know? And I don't feel satisfied. You I feel, need the banquet of beers. Cures. I like the fighting. I wish there was more bloodshed, but then again, we, we got some stuff. But I'm going to go six and a half. A little, oh, wow. bit, a little bit lower. A little bit lower. Yeah. I just, I, there was something missing. Okay. There was just... I'll give you that. So you're going to go six and a half. I'm yeah. actually going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go seven and a half, almost an eight. Nice. I liked the the battle between Beta and Daryl. I really did too, actually. I mean, the choreography in that, and then just to see how physically imposing that Beta can be. Because, I mean, if Daryl's the best fighter that we've got... They're fucked. Yeah, exactly. They're going to... They're going to have to do some Dave and Goliath. I don't know, Dave. Maybe Connie takes him down with a slingshot. I'm telling you, a slingshot to the a slingshot to the back of the knee and falls him down and Daryl delivers the final shank in the in the in the face. Quite possibly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I really like the the beta Daryl portion of it and I really like the way that the the music in, in the Walking Dead since the introduction of the Whisperers has come along. They're creepy. Because, because the every time a whisperer comes by, you've got like that creepy <laughs> lullaby that <laughs> Yeah, it's actually effective. Yeah, and it's like super awesome. Yeah, it's like a it's like a creepy lullaby. I mean, so I I mean that's that's just one of the things that I'm really digging, and I I like the introduction of Alpha and Beta. Yeah, because you know right beta, answer because Beta's the bruiser and Alpha's the just the batshit crazy lady that'll do anything to keep mm-hmm. her community safe. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna go six and a half, I, I, which still feels low to me. All right. Six point seven five. <laughs> the East German judge does not allow it. 
So you're going to go 6.75. I'm going to go like seven and a half, eight, but uh, probably border on eight. I do want to remind everybody that we will actually be back Monday, barring any technical difficulties, <laughs> right? With <laughs> season nine, episode hey. 14 of AMC's. The Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Two or three times out of four years, I think we're doing pretty good. Exactly, I think yeah. I think we can get a I think we can get a mulligan on this one. I do the internet swell. <laughs> but I do want to remind everybody that we do cover into the Badlands. So on the twenty fourth and twenty fifth is the season three B two night, like I guess you would say special. Like opening to the back half of the season. I'm so fucking stoked, I dude. I am too, that dude. New, that new commercial where they're playing like, and up, jack that fool. I was like, yes! If they, okay, I said it before and I'll say it again. If they would have done the advertising like they're doing for the final season, the way they would have done it at the beginning, we wouldn't have a final season. It would still be going on for at least two or three more. They dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, I'm, I, dude, we've, we've already talked about that. And I, you know, even back in our interview with Sherman Augustus, shout out Big Sherm, Big Sherm. You know, how's, we, how's we, the crack? We, <laughs> the crack is mighty. But we even made that comment to him. You know, we didn't see the big promotional push for AMC's Into the Badlands because we were even wondering, you yeah, know, when the where, fuck where, is where it? The, yeah. When is it coming back? But we do know, you know, the twenty fourth and the twenty fifth of this uh, of this month, we will be covering both of those episodes as well, along with The Walking Dead. And then we also have Game of Thrones coming up in mm-hmm. April. And then the purge. Winter is here. Ooh. So yes. on behalf of my co-host, Genius Piggy, I'm Dustin P. And I'm going to go measure that fucking elevator shaft.